Hello, everybody. This is Brian. And this is John. And welcome to the first ever episode of the Big Balance Podcast. Let's cue that flashy new podcast intro song. You're listening to The Big Balance, the podcast for anybody looking for clear, simple advice they can actually apply. Give us a little of your time each week, and we'll help you figure out work, life, and everything in between. So to start, uh, John, what are we doing here today? What's, uh, what's our goal? The goal here is really to help you, the listener, maybe take a perspective shift, maybe approach your work, your life from a different angle, maybe take the time to consider asking some certain questions, right, Brian? We may not be the experts, but I like to think we are getting pretty good at asking the right questions. To give some background to that, John and I both work for a management consulting organization. And our day jobs are essentially helping our clients to improve process and build strategies to succeed. And a lot of that goes into helping employees do better, but for the sake of the company they work for more than themselves. We really wanted this podcast to be a platform for helping people do better and really be better for themselves personally. And I'm not really talking about just the people out there listening, or I guess the people I hope one day listen to the podcast. Really, I'm, we're not speaking from a point of authority, like John said. We're trying to get better ourselves, and we want to invite others to really learn with us. So for anybody feeling like they're out of that work-life balance, we want the show to speak directly to you. And as John said, we are not experts, and we don't have all the answers. But based on our day jobs, we're pretty good at asking the right questions, which is always the first step, and we think we can apply that here as well. Consider this a journey that we can take together. Brian and I are going to try to improve ourselves, and maybe you can do the same at the same time. Wonderful, magical journey we're all on together. It's a feel-good show. All the good feels. All the good vibes. Now, we all know what work-life balance is conceptually, but I think it's a really good idea, John, for you and me to describe a bit about what it means to us personally. I'll give an example. Right now, my wife and I both work from home. And we have a toddler who got sick last night. And it's to the point of we have this two-year-old girl with the voice of Tom Waits. So what does work-life balance mean for us right now? Mostly, it's finding time to take care of our daughter while getting our day jobs done and without snapping at each other because there's a lot of stress associated with balancing all of this together. I want to use this podcast as a way for me to learn how to get better at days like today and how to get better at supporting the people in my life in a way that's also sustainable for my own mental and emotional state. I can't get the image out of my head of your daughter just singing Tom Waits. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting a new uh, medical tradition. On a scale of one to Tom Waits, how much does your throat hurt? I, I think it's pretty accurate. <laughs> I like it. I support it. I think for me, work-life balance is right now I'm in the middle of planning a wedding with my fiance and the ability to be able to take a second and take a look at the wedding website or maybe take a look at the save the date proofs or things like that. The ability to be able to take a peek at what my fiance has done is is awesome. That's one thing that I'm really trying to to lean more into, to the ability to be able to take a moment out of my day and focus on something other than work for 10, 15 minutes at a time. And I think those are the breaks that we all need. Work-life balance means having that peace of mind to be able to do things both for yourself and be able to turn that work-life switch on and off. 
And wedding planning really runs the gamut. There are some really simple weddings, and there are some very detailed, very intricate weddings that almost feel like a day job just to plan. I think there is a day job for that. I think it's called a wedding planner. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> Look at that. Well, I mean, even for you guys, I mean, without hire, I mean, I didn't hire a wedding planner. I'm sure you guys aren't either. It's a lot to get done. It, that's your weekends for, for a, quite a few weekends until the uh, actual wedding happens. I can't take any credit at all. She's been doing the majority of the work. I'm just happy to be able to, to give the rubber stamp. Since this is the first episode in what I'm sure will be a very time-consuming hobby, I think it makes sense to talk about what it means to have a side hustle. Side hustles are on a lot of people's minds, I think for a couple big reasons. First, technology has really enabled a lot of the gig economy, but ultimately I think a bigger element is Americans in general glorify work. A lot of us work extensive hours during the week. Some poor souls are also working on the weekend, either because our employers demand it or because we view it as some kind of point of pride. And honestly, both of those two things feel pretty dangerous to a work-life balance to me. Either way, though, we have a really strong productivity focus, and it makes people use money earned really as a blanket metric for how valuable what we do is, or honestly, how valuable we ourselves are. So I think it's a logical step for some people to try to monetize their off hours, especially if we can turn a hobby we love into a revenue generator. But are we really being sold on this hype of the hustle? So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to tackle a couple big questions. How do we decide if a side hustle is right for us? And once we do, what gigs can we try on for size? John, what's a hobby of yours that you would want to turn into a side hustle if you could? Well, I like to play music. I play in a band. I've played in bands for years. And recently, I've made the decision to try to find some gigs that are a little bit more lucrative. We're trying to play out more frequently, and we're playing music that's a little bit more accessible. So I guess given the choice, if I were to pick a side hustle that I could monetize and something that I think I could do all hours of the day, it would have to be music and, and, and playing in a band. So that would be... Yeah, that would be a dream come true. I'm a hobbyist photographer and, and have been for many years now. Only in the past year or so, I've started doing some shoots for money. I've actually shot two, I would call them pretty low-key weddings for friends that earn me enough money just to sink that cash back into expensive photography gear. And I've thought about trying stock photography as well because... Well, maybe a, a high volume, low revenue game, it does seem like a pretty passive source of income and one that I can approach slowly. So that, that seemed like a good idea to me. So I already have a pretty busy schedule, as I'm sure many people do. How do we really figure out if the time is right to bring one of these side hustles into our lives? So I have five questions that I'm thinking about as I'm considering this. First is barriers to entry. Can I start this hustle with only the skills and equipment and connections I have right now. Second, ongoing costs. Am I going to have to spend any money to make money? Next, risk versus reward. Point blank, what are the odds that I make zero or nominal money and couple this with the potential upfront costs that we just talked about? What are the odds that I'm not just losing out on the time, but also end up paying for this as well? And somewhat related to that, next is ROI. 
Let's say we do feel confident that we're going to make some amount of money. How many hours over what span of time are we going to have to put in? And how do we compare that against the revenue we stand to gain? Finally, and I think probably for me the most important, personal alignment. Beyond money, is this side hustle going to provide any value to me as a person? Now, John, you and me have a a few side hustle ideas in mind already, but I wouldn't want to limit our thoughts right now to just what we've talked about. Let's consider a few different options. A little bit later in the episode, we're going to go through a few popular choices, but first, I want to play a game. Let's consider ride-sharing to be a pretty good baseline gig and compare it to, say, hosting a podcast. Uh, Let's answer those questions again, and John, let's see if you and I should really drop the show and just become Uber drivers instead. Okay, that that sounds like fun. Podcasting, barriers to entry. What do we need in terms of skills, equipment, and connections to do this right? Some of the barriers to entry that I think of are are some of the same problems or some skills that I've learned from my experience with music. Your equipment is, is very important to distinguish yourself from something more professional versus more amateur sounding. Sometimes it's having the right equipment. It's having the right demeanor in in certain instances, stage presence versus presentability, I guess, or likability. But the point being is is you need to have cross-functional and cross-applicational skills. So the experience that I have that I'm bringing with me, in my opinion, makes the barriers to entry pretty low. But I would think that these are skills that I've learned over time that might not be as easy or as or simple for somebody who doesn't have that stage experience, we'll say. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming at this as a novice, right? I've never done anything in terms of audio recording. And I didn't spend a lot of money, but I had to buy this nice new fancy microphone to use just to keep up with you. Sure. Yeah. Definitely an amateur when it comes to editing sound. So. <laughs> It wasn't a big barrier, I would say, but again, let's compare it to driving for Uber. I already have a car and a license. I already know how to drive. So I think we have to give this point, unfortunately, to Uber. Yeah, but to that point, if you have some of that background in different areas, it might be a little bit easier. So I'm not saying that the point should go to podcasting, but... Don't rule out options like that just because you don't think you have the skills. We could be Uber drivers because we've been driving for 15 years, right, Brian? Uh, Not because (laughs) we just got behind the wheel of a car yesterday. Moving on, ongoing costs. Podcasting, are we spending money to, well, I mean, technically we're making zero money right now, but (laughs) let's assume someday we do. Uh, Are we spending money to make that money? Right now, the costs are pretty low. If we're going to count, if we're going to go... It to the level of detail of my, the cost of my electricity and my internet connection and things like that. Uh, I don't think it's fair to count that under the umbrella of the cost of the podcast. So I would say the costs have been fairly low, right? Yeah, I, I would agree. And on the other side, Uber driving, thats there's a very real ongoing cost. You got fuel and damage and wear and tear to your car. Insurance. And insurance, yeah. So, hey, point for podcasting. But yay, so, point for podcasting. <laughs> go us. Yes. All right, next, risk versus reward, and I, we already know the answer here. What are the odds we make zero money? How are the, what are the odds we have zero listeners going into this? Pr- how about that? Pretty good, yeah. Probably pretty good, <laughs> unfortunately. Is this a vanity project? Absolutely. <laughs> it's a little bit of a vanity project, yeah. Alternatively, Uber driving, pretty good. You have the app installed. You say you're open for business, and you're pretty much guaranteed. Everybody loves Uber. You're pretty much guaranteed to, uh, to have a ride pick you up. We're also running the risk of making fools of ourselves, so... That too. Yeah, there's that. There's yeah, that. No, harder to make a fool of yourself <laughs> Uber driving. But uh, ROI, I, I think this is going to be in the same boat. 
Rideshare driving, pretty solid opportunity to make a good ROI. Yes, you have those ongoing costs, but you're making money every night you do it versus here, good chance we're not making much, if any. I, I would be surprised if we make money in the next 10,000 years, we'll say. Yeah, hey, you know. <laughs> you never know. We'll, we'll find out. You can donate to our Patreon and Kickstarter. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> do we even have a Patreon? No, we do not. Uh, but the next one, I think, is where it really comes through on the side of podcasting. That's personal alignment. Again, beyond money, is this doing anything to provide value to us? And personally, John, I think you and I are pretty good friends, and this is a, a fun hobby to do. So even if we make zero money, I'm having a good time doing it. This has been a lot of fun, and I've been enjoying it. And to the end of personal alignment, this aligns with what I want to do, and that's chatting, chatting with my friend. And unless you enjoy driving, you're probably not getting that much personal satisfaction out of rideshare. You do get to meet some interesting folks, I assume. That's true, too. Yeah. Actually, did I ever tell you there's a, a story, a guy who was uh, an Uber driver who also had, I want to say it was either he was an author or maybe this is two different people, an author and somebody who made jewelry. And in the back seat, he had copies of his book or this person had uh, some examples of the jewelry they made, and they used the rideshare as a way to advertise for another side hustle. So a hustle on a hustle. There you go. That's that's just hustling. Super hustle. <laughs> it's a hustle within inside a hustle. We need to go deeper. Hustleception. Yeah, we need to go deeper. <laughs> Obviously, a good example of how there are plenty of gigs out there that somebody could take. So I wanted to spend some time going through what are some of the top side gigs out there. Some of these sound a little bit unreasonable. Anything that has really strong barriers to entry, I did not consider. So things like becoming an Airbnb landlord or a voice actor, they're not very realistic to me uh, in the sense that I need a lot of capital or industry connections to do one or the other of those two things that the average person's not going to have. But a few that I do see as legitimate, uh, first, we already talked about this, driving. So either a rideshare or deliveries. In a world where you're a voice actor oh, riding Christ. for Uber. <laughs> Wait, are you a voice actor driving for Uber? Are you both right there? Yeah, exactly. We're, we're talking about wow. the hustle on top of the hustle. That you're would trying be, to land gigs. That would be the most <laughs> like, disconcerting ride ever. Can you imagine driving to the airport at 5 in the morning with somebody talking <laughs> like this? I cannot imagine. You, you're getting very few tips that way. Excuse me, sir. Can you can you turn down the radio? <laughs> oh, that's me. I've just God. been talking to myself. No. Cap <laughs> I mean, you have a captive audience that exactly. way. Exactly. You tuck and roll at 50 miles an hour. Next up is tutoring. Always a need, and especially in this new normal we're still in, there's also economies of scale if you can tutor multiple people over a single Zoom session. And John, is this something you've ever considered doing? I've, yeah, I've considered it. Giving virtual guitar lessons or, or, or you know music lessons like that, that falls under the umbrella of tutoring. So when you said tutoring, my mind doesn't automatically go to virtual guitar lessons or guitar lessons in general, but the pandemic has kind of forced us to reconsider some things that we can do to monetize. And I don't think I'm good enough to, to really be a guitar teacher of any way, but if there was a way I could become like a collaborative writing partner, sure, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be there for you. Virtual Zoom sessions to help you write. Yeah, that'd be fun to do. Sure. On the photography side, it's a crowded market. A lot of old school veteran photographers really begrudge the new generation for coming in and being really low cost options that compete with them on price. 
And I remember hearing about one photographer who said, hey, I don't mind these people coming into the market because I'm spending less time doing photo assignments, but I have a new business teaching people how to be better photographers. So he took his main job and instead of letting competition really frustrate him, he turned that competition into his own side hustle by teaching this new wave of photographers the skills they need and made a good amount of money doing it. That's the entrepreneurial spirit or, or mindset that I just wish I had. I wish I had more of, I should say. Lemons out of lemonade, definitely. Or <laughs> le- <laughs> lemonade out of lemon. See, this is, this is why we're never getting money for this podcast. I can't even get a, a single sentence out there. Yes. Uh, lemons out of... I did it again. <laughs> lemonade out of lemons. You should keep that. Lemons out of lemonade. <laughs> okay. Take a breath. Next is offering business services. If you have any design skills or skill in writing concisely and to a specific audience, there's platforms like Upwork that really allow you to connect with businesses in need of those services. And John, I think you and I both wear a lot of hats at work. Are there any that you'd want to kind of take and freelance with? The thought of freelancing is something that I've never really considered, but if there was one area that I wish I could maybe consult a little bit more on, it would be maybe public speaking or presentation. Just it's one thing that we've considered a lot with this podcast and cadence and, and speaking and tone and varying up, uh, you know, all of that. I wish I could help folks a little bit more with that. That would be one area I would like to explore. Yeah. I think this is a really solid option for a lot of people. The one thing I would note as a caveat If anybody is considering going this freelance route based on their day jobs, make sure you check your uh, your employee handbook because a lot of companies do forbid doing exactly that from a a non-compete perspective. So make sure you're in the clear from a company perspective. You don't want to land in hot water for your main revenue source, definitely. And the last one for me is investments. And I know this feels like a a rich person's game, but uh, just like with side hustles in general, I think technology has made going the investing route a little bit easier. Um, Gambling on the market beats gambling on a slot machine. So how can we take our money and be smart with it, right? So we have things like Webull or TD Ameritrade that really make this easy for anybody to get into. And this is particularly viable if you have really deep knowledge in your day job or really a passion that you can leverage into building an investment strategy. And this doesn't need to be really traditional distance investing anymore either. We can really engage in what's called micro-investing, where we get to know some organizations and the people behind them. Uh, And John, a guy we work with actually does that. He talks to local businesses, figures out if there's a way that he can invest to, to get some money back. At the same time, really helps out the businesses in his community and makes some good connections as well. It's probably super rewarding to be able to feel that impact that you can make on a community just right there physically manifests itself in front of you. So that's that's pretty cool. And one thing I want to call out, these side hustles that we're talking about, they don't always have to be self-made or self-started products. You don't have to be building your own brand or building an Etsy shop or anything like that. There might be opportunities for you to help maybe friends or family members if they have businesses of their own or if they need any volunteer work. An example I can give, my dad's a painter and on the weekends, I'll occasionally pick up some hours with him. It's something that I enjoy because I don't get that physical stimulus from my day job, that physical activity, that exertion, 
And I feel good when I do that because for me, it's a way to stay active while also spending some time with my dad. So don't always view these side hustles as you building your personal brand or whatever you want to call it. It can just be something small on the side that you do occasionally just as a way to make some extra muscle. We don't need to always glorify that hustle in the sense that I'm building this brand on my own. Feel free to help out your family members or your friends in some of their businesses, and you might enjoy it. Painting is something I've always had a very love-hate relationship with. Right before I get started painting a room, I'm always very excited for it, but halfway through, I swear to myself, that's it. I'm hiring somebody to do this next time. I don't know. I guess I'm getting old. It's just murder on my knees. That said, I do really like the example of painting and the whole idea of a white-collar employee mixing in some blue-collar side hustle into their day. Beyond the work-life balance, there's also this almost body balance thing going on where we sit in a cramped office all day. We could be very physically antsy, but then we're also really mentally drained by the end of the day. Switching gears to a physically demanding side gig Let's part of your brain tune out a bit, and it seems like it could be restorative on both fronts. Well, I think that's going to do it for episode one, and thank you everybody who gave us a shot and took a listen to us. Hopefully everybody joins us for episode two coming up next week. That's if they're not too busy listening to the Obama Springsteen podcast or any other handful of podcasts out there. So. That's also if we're not Uber drivers that, by That's now. a good point, too. So. You're still here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Big Balance Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and drop us a comment while you're there. Until next time. <laughs>